Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with your Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton area, four in Calgary locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean Chicken. We are going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and we are pleased uh, uh, to have on the show Seattle Kraken radio analyst Dave Tomlinson. He was pre- uh, previously in a role of the Vancouver Canucks, and uh, Dave's been on our show multiple times over the years. Dave, how you doing? Stop, I'm doing excellent. And before we even get going, I'd like to know, I should ask you this this morning, but I'm going to ask you this live, put you on the spot. Blue Jays or Mariners? Where's your allegiance? Jeez, I had El- I had Elliot on. Well, I'm a I'm a Blue Jays guy. I mean, I think it's a Vancouver thing on the Mariners. Uh, Absolutely, I'm, it is. It's it's uh, like for the rest of the country, it's Blue Jays all day. I would think, other than in the Lower Mainland. Um, what what do you think the split is out in? You know, I mean, you still have your place in Vancouver, or you're in Seattle full time now? Uh, so I'm, I've got a condo I'm renting in Seattle, so pretty much full-time. Spent my summer in Vancouver, still got a house in West Vancouver, and my mom still lives in North Vancouver, so kind of doing a bit of uh, back and forth. But, you know, B.C. Is, is primarily, I would say, Mariners, and then you've got the occasional person who's a Blue Jays fan because they've come from Toronto to Vancouver and tried to, you know, uh, stir things up. But, uh, you know, when I grew up, we got a lot of Seattle television, and we were watching the Mariners all the way through. And now that uh, I'm with Seattle, um, I was at the game where they clinched a playoff spot, and so I'm Mariners all the way. Well, it's interesting, right, because we get Spokane TV in Edmonton. Uh, that's the cable affiliate that we get uh, for out of the U.S. And so, you know, I watched a lot of Washington State football when I was, as you know, I'm a big NCAA fan. I've obviously uh, graduated to Alabama in this SEC because Jack uh, Michaels would tell you I'm the biggest front runner you've ever met. Uh, so <laughs> I like the good team. So, uh, but, you know, we got a lot over the years and there was a time where both Washington and Warren Moon was there, Washington State, uh, you know, uh, I think was, you know, Ryan Leaf was at Washington State. There's been some good, you know, some good teams, good schools there. Let me ask you this. Year two in Seattle with the Kraken. Uh, to me, it's too simple to just look at Philip Grubauer. It kind of starts there. But on paper, do the Kraken not have a way better team, Dave, than they had a year ago at this time? They do. And, and it's noticeable just the pace and precision of practice. And I know it's preseason and I know, you know, practice, whatever you want to take from that. But compared to where we were a year ago, you look at uh, a couple of players, Yunus Donskoy is injured, right? He was a 15 goal guy in previous stops, had two goals this past season, played a regular shift. And then, uh, you know, you've got um, Riley Shane, who was with the team. He's not with the uh, Kraken this season. He had two goals. He, he played pretty much regular shift. And now that was last season's roster. Right, so you got guys that you know are playing full seasons, but they're just chipping in a little. And this season, we've got competition all the way to the point where there's some question marks for who is going to be kind of our our fourth line guys uh, that are going to also offer up some offense. I think we have enough 
wingers in our top nine that, that the Kraken are going to score more goals or finish more plays. You've got Burakovsky who can do that, a couple of Stanley Cups. Uh, you know, we fleeced uh, Columbus for Bjorkstrand, and, and he, you know, almost a 30-goal scorer. You know, for the Seattle Kraken, that's big stuff to have guys that are going to play uh, in the top six that can finish the scoring chances because last year we worked hard, uh, we tried to create, and we as the team, the Kraken, but they just didn't have that that finish. You know, McCann was was excellent, and uh, when Yanni Gord was on his game, could score as well, but, you know, it would drop off pretty quickly when we lost Schwartz to injury and uh, the motor that is uh, Brandon Tanev. All right, well, it's interesting to me because I look at Vegas and they had all that great success in the first three or four years. <laughs> And I think this is a big year for Vegas because I'm wondering what. And I, you know, Dave, I, I had Elliot on. And I mentioned this, uh, uh, you know, during that segment with Max Pacioretty. You take a look at the litany of moves. Like they gave up a first and second and a third to Detroit to get Thomas Tatar. Did Vegas? Yeah. Then they turn around and move Suzuki, who was a former first round pick of theirs, and Tatar to get Pacioretty. Then they give Pacioretty away for free. And I'm contract. And I, you, you ask yourself, would they not have just been better off sticking with Suzuki? And I look at uh, Shane Wright falling on the lap of Ron Francis in that draft in Montreal, and the potential of Beniers and Wright as their top two centers for the next decade. And I, if I was a Kraken fan, I'd be pretty optimistic. What is your take on you know what's the offensive upside in Matty Beniers? Maybe educate our listeners a bit, and how has Shane Wright looked so far in training camp as well? Yeah, you're right. Strong down the middle with the young centerman. I'll start with Matty Beniers, who last season played you know at the University of Michigan, played in the Olympics, played in the World Championship. If you go back to the previous summer for the USA, uh, the Men's World Championship, uh, got a lot of experience playing against men and then came to the Seattle Kraken and, and had nine points in his first 10 games. And, you know, he started off real strong. You could see that the, the grind of the NHL was getting to him uh, for the long season that he had and then joining the Kraken, but still found a way to pick up some points. And then, you know, as most young players do, he added uh, 10 pounds of muscle in the off season. Hasn't affected his quickness. He, he's a very quick hockey player. Darts around, uh, plays with confidence. I've been impressed with his one-timer. You don't think of him as a one-timer guy, but on the power play, uh, scored a power play goal against uh, Calgary in the last exhibition game on Monday for the Kraken. Uh, he, he can really whip the puck. That's kind of the description of a shot. But he works hard at both ends of the ice. Like He will back-check hard. He will change at the end of his shift hard. He just does everything with speed, and he's got a lot of finesse. And he's going to be trotted out as our, you know, 1A or 1B centerman. If it's not Wenberg, it's it's Beneers in the top six down the middle. So we've been really impressed, you know, the Kraken have been on how he's come to training camp, not just ready to, you know, take a job, have a job, but he wants to be a leader at a young age, 19 years old. So he, he comes from good stock, and Kraken fans are really pleased and uh, looking forward to seeing what he can do. And for Shane Wright, it's a bit of a different story, right? He's got an NHL body. Like, he's strong. Uh, he knows how to win puck battles. Uh, he's got a really strong shot for a right-hander. Um, he's, he's better than his peers, but now he's got to go up against solid NHLers. So he's got to learn how to be better in the face-off circle. Uh, he's got to learn, you know, that he can't just take the game over like he used to be able to in junior. Now, you know, you're afraid the game might just take him over. But he's playing uh, a little bit with uh, Yanni Gord, who's moved from center to the wing. And Yanni Gord will 
you know, force you to be at your best every shift. That's the beauty of Yanni Gord. And so for Shane Wright, he does things a little bit more with his uh, strength than his quickness. And he is learning as he's going, but uh, he's, he's a fast learner. Like, quick example, game in Calgary, second period, he's doing like a three-on-two rush up the ice, you know, through the middle of the ice, tries to make a little, you know, backhand saucer pass to a winger down the right side. It gets knocked out of the air, and the puck goes the other way. Same shift, gets another three-on-two down the middle, same exact scenario, and instead this time he holds the puck, gains the line, you know, draws a pick, drops it to Everly, gives it back to Everly, and then it's off the crossbar, almost a goal. So on that, that very shift, he made an adjustment. So I, I think for him over the season, of course it's going to be hard as an 18-year-old, but he's going to play. He'll be on uh, one of the power play units as well. And as you said, if you're strong down the middle and you've got some young ladies, uh, that, that's a bright future for the Kraken. Well, so you had, you know, Bjorkstrand and Burakoski, who've been, you know, scored 50 goals between the two of them last year. The newcomers down the middle, Beneers and Wright, but also Justin Schultz on the back end. And I, was Vince done the power play quarterback by the end of the year? And, you know, is Schultz a guy who could potentially, as a right shot, uh, supplant done in that role? Yeah, you're right. So last year, we kind of had a top-heavy power play unit. Uh, there were a lot of players that were in and out of that top unit power play. And it was run by Mark Giordano. And then near the end of the season, of course, before the trade deadline, uh, they gave Vince Dunn uh, more opportunity. As soon as Giordano was traded to Toronto, it's Vince Dunn's power play. And he did a very good job. Uh, he picks up his points. Um, he fights a little bit here, too. He's a feisty guy. Now, the one thing that the Kraken lacked last year, and for anybody who was listening to some of our games, like, you know, you, you see something, you're just like, this needs to be addressed. They needed a right-hand shot power play guy. Didn't have that last year. Adam Larson's not that guy. Oilers fans know it. He was their best defenseman last year for the Kraken. But they needed a right-hand shot power play guy. They get Justin Schultz. You remember him as an Oiler. I called his games when he broke into the league. It was all offense. And now he's got a couple of Stanley Cups. He's learned from Chris Letang. He's learned from John Carlson. And so now we have two power play defensemen, one left shot, one right shot. And it's uh, certainly helping because, as most teams do, Kraken will do a 1-3-1, try to get the shots off the flanks, and then try to go for the rebounds after that. Philip Krubauer went from a 922 save percentage to 889. Now, that's not all on him. But the reality is, you know, he was amongst the worst goaltenders in the league for, uh, you know, I guess, uh, Goals saved, uh, you know, above expectation. I mean, he, he had a, that was, he had a tough year. There's no other way to say yeah. it. Um, how's he looked in uh, training camp? How does Martin Jones potentially uh, support him during the course of the year? Well, okay, I'll chop the numbers out first because they're really fun. Grubauer hasn't allowed a goal here in the preseason. All right, He's played the two games uh, against Calgary and against Vancouver at home and, you know, 90 minutes of hockey, and he stopped all 27 shots he's seen. He's just looked more settled. And with Grubauer, for him, it's always been about his depth and goal. If he gets out a little bit too far, then sometimes there's those backdoor plays where he's just not getting across. And so they're working on his depth. And then you've got Martin Jones as a compliment, a veteran guy. Martin Jones, for those who don't know, is from North Vancouver. He's a former North Shore Winter Club guy like myself for minor hockey. So for him to be close to home, he's settled in. He knows his role. Jones is a patient goaltender and likes to stay back in his net a little bit much, uh, you know, a little bit to use the reaction time. 
And so they like to him to play a little bit more out. You get that mix between the two goaltenders helping themselves out. It was an area of concern last year. They get a new goaltender coach in C. Briere. He's worked with Jack Campbell, uh, worked with Freddie Anderson, and now he's got a big challenge to make sure that the goaltending is in a weak spot for the crack in the season. Got to ask you this question uh, because it's a player whose name got brought up a bunch last year, represented uh, by a sports corporation out of Edmonton here, and that is Carson Soucy. He's in the last year of his deal. He can play both uh, defense positions. $2.75 million cap hit is he a pending uh, UFA. Uh, he had a real good year for you guys last year, uh, Dave. He was, I think, plus seven or eight on the year and, you know, 60 PIMS. I wouldn't say he's overly tough, but he certainly isn't timid. Um, where do you see him long term for Seattle's organization? Well, he he might have been one of our steadier defensemen. Like, I, I think last year Adam Larson was everything you want in and a leader and a veteran and a guy who's going to play the shutdown role, take the body, and you can count on him. Uh, but Carson Soucy was, you know, the next step below Carson in terms of just showing up every night, working hard. Uh, you know, there were nights he was in and out in the lineup at the start of the season. Then he scored a couple of goals, and that's not particularly his game, but it was a nice addition to him being strong defensively. You're right, he, he's difficult to get around, uh, likes to take the body. Um, he, he was just very solid to the point that it didn't make any sense to bring him out of the lineup and take a look at the different guys. Um, as for where he is, you know, probably going to start on the third pairing for the Seattle Kraken this year, and that's just because you know we've, we've signed Schultz, and so that kind of solidifies our top four. Um, you know, what Ron Francis chooses to do at the trade deadline is to be seen. If the team is, you know, within a, a yelling distance of a playoff spot, uh, they'd certainly love to improve from what they did last year. But but Susie is the type of defenseman I think that other teams look at to solidify their blue line before the trade deadline. Hundred percent. Totally agree with you. Dave, we'll see you down here. Hey, we didn't even talk about the two Dave uh, Tomlinsons in the curious case. Uh, but uh, hope you're doing well. We'll see you down here tonight. Uh, go Mariners. Thank you. There you go. That is Dave Tomlinson, who is a uh, radio analyst for the Seattle Kraken. Final opportunity to participate as we invite a couple uh, listeners and their guests to an evening with Jay Woodcroft. It's sponsored by Legacy Heating and Cooling, and it takes place tomorrow night at the River Creek Resort and Casino. It's an exclusive invite-only event with Jay, and uh, I will be uh, uh, hosting it. Uh, your chance, your final chance to win today, you got to go to 630ched.com to the contest page. And the code word, you enter the code word for the day, and that is Hyman. 148 in Edmonton will come back with this day in order's history, and Brendan Escott will set up the Edmonton Elks action this weekend. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This day Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. This January, you can join Oilers down a three-day road trip to Las Vegas to see the Oilers play the Golden Knights. We've sold out our New York trip, by the way. Ah, it's live radio. It happens. Patient doesn't die on the table. Call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. Going back on this date. Hey, Jordan Everly's in town. He scored maybe the best goal of his career. The first game 
of Jack Michael's NHL broadcasting career. Was it not on this date back in 2010? I think it was. Uh, the Oilers opened the season with a 4-0 victory over the Calgary Flames at Rexall Place. Gilbert Brule opened the scoring on the power play when Ryan Whitney, that's right, Ryan Whitney registered one of his two assists. The game had four fights, including Steve McIntyre knocking out Rytus Ivanins out cold in the third period. In the days of oil change. Remember that? That was in the first episode of oil change. Yeah. Could be something similar coming down the pipe on a regular basis. We'll have to wait and see. Are uh, we still, what do you want me to do here? You want me to fill or do you want me to go here? Okay, well, you know what? It's all good. Uh, here's where we'll, we'll get into some text on the Ashley Five Floors. That's live radio for you. Stuff happens. Uh, Ashley Five Floors uh, text line. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Hmm. I did not know uh, that there's a connection between the Susie family and the Fergus family. I did not know that. I wonder who that is. Is that Polly texting me there? Who knows? You can text us, 780-496-0063. This text comes in saying, really disappointed that the Oilers didn't pick up 6'6", 230-pound Riley Tuft on waivers from the Dallas Stars Day. A bigger, better, even tougher version of Luke Gazdick, who the Oilers picked up years ago from Dallas. Because of cap mismanagement, the Oilers can't even afford to pick up anything on the Dollarama. Really? I, I, I doubt that Tufty is as tough a fighter as Luke Gazdick. Luke, Luke Gazdick could chuck him. And he might be a better player. Stoffer, have you mentioned anything on Oilers Plus today from Coach Mike? Well, stay tuned on that regard. There you go. Uh, Bob, if Ferkus uh, bulks up, he'll be in the crack in two to three years. The kid is good. I like both their second-round picks the last two years. Riker Evans as well as uh, Jaeger Ferkus. Ryan from Stoney says, Bob, do you think Dylan Holloway plays with Drysaddle on the opening night and does Shore make the lineup? I think Holloway's got a chance to be in the top six to start the season. I know not everybody agrees with that. Some people might think that's too accelerated, but hey. All right, uh, there we go. Uh, we've got one minute with Brendan Escott. He is going to make it count. Uh, Brendan, what time's uh, your your pregame show tomorrow for the uh, Elks game? Uh, 3.30 in the afternoon, 5 o'clock kickoff from IG Fields in Winnipeg. Bombers are the class of the league once again this year, Bob. 13-2 record. They're 6-1 and one at home. The good news is the Elks, with their 4-11 and 11 record, all four of those wins are coming on the road. So it's probably their best chance to win here if you want to look at it that way in the final three weeks. But uh, it'll be a tough task against this Bombers side. Yeah, no question about that. So 3.30 and 5, and you're doing double. Are you coming down here tonight as well? You got double duty going on tonight? Oh, yeah. I'll see you right down there. All right, Brendan. Awesome stuff. Thanks for helping set up the show today. For sure. Thanks. Th- that concludes our Friday edition of Oilers. Now, again, I'd like to thank our guest today, Elliot Friedman, for Abe's Door Service. Brian Lawton was our Wilhawk uh, Beef Jerky headliner. Dave Tomlinson, Seattle Kraken's broadcaster. Again, 5.30, Reed Wilkins, myself, Rob Brown, Jack Michaels, Cam Moon will all be participating in the face-off show. Puck drop at 7 o'clock. We will tell you that we will have a, it is of course a holiday weekend, so a best of Oilers Now show coming up on Monday. Up next, the global news weather traffic update. uh, Followed by Rob Breckenridge uh, from 
two to three. Then the six thirty chat afternoons with Jalen and I. Uh, back at you at five thirty. So long, everybody, for now from Oilers Now.